It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of February. I have finally made it in my career. I'll explain why that is. And we'll dig deep into what is the Jazz offense really. Those are the things we're looking at today on Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in. The Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. What else would you possibly want? All right, maybe something that gives you a little insight onto how the team works and stuff. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dig in a little bit to the offense and what we're seeing there. Today's show is brought to you by the store as well as my friends over at Murdoch Chevy. I'll explain why my career is complete. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you might already know. So the plan is we'll look at a um, little deeper, deep, deeper dive into what the Jazz offense really is. Um, and then we'll preview the Clippers, who are actually pretty good. Uh, and we'll look at them. Uh, we do open up every show right now, kind of running back through what happened in the NBA the night before in the playoff push. And last night there was only uh, one game with Western Conference implications and the th- Nuggets behind Nikola Jokic's 36-9-10 blasted the Thunder. They were up by 13 at the half and cruised to a almost palindrome-esque 121-112 win. Uh, pretty interesting. I mean, Stephen Adams really, you know, for all the Rudy Gobert game played off the floor, Stephen Adams last night was minus 23 in his 30 minutes. Uh, Russ had another good shooting night. That's three in a row. He did turn it over seven times. Uh, But Denver's defense checked in with a 105 performance last night on a Thunder offense that's been pretty good. Thunder bench is not materializing. Morris has not been as good as they'd hoped. Schroeder is crazily inconsistent. 17 shots last night without a free throw. Interesting to watch this. The Thunder, interesting to me. I'm I'm in on, I'm in completely on the Nuggets. They proved that last night. Their schedule is soft, but they took advantage. I'm not there yet with the Thunder. I really... I'm really not, and I probably should be. They had a great win against Houston, a great win against Portland before the break, before they forgot to play a game. Uh, And they've begun to play some tough teams, but let's watch this for a second here. They have Philly, San Antonio, and not uh, an okay Memphis team. They go on a four-game road trip against Minnesota, Portland, the Clippers, and the Jazz uh, before they come back to play Brooklyn, then uh, out out to Indiana, home for three against the Warriors in Toronto, and that back out for two in a weird road trip. Um, that has a lot of time in between. They probably come home between Toronto and Memphis. And then, you know, they just have enough. Let's see. Let's just watch them. I think they're, you know, it's bona fide. They're going to be the three seed. I don't think they're possibly slipping to four. Uh, They've got two stars. But there's something to me that's a little lacking when I watch them. It's interesting. I talked to Trevor Booker today. And we'll be on Locked on NBA tomorrow, and he feels the same way, that they're just, they they missed either a piece because when they needed it or something of that, uh, at the, you know, picking up someone or, or something, they, they just seem, they also could still be tired for that double overtime game, right? I mean, that's, 
let's let's be honest. That could be it. I mean, they've won a really you know I don't want to. They've won a lot of really impressive games. They they beat Portland twice at home recently. They beat Milwaukee. Um, it, they're the third best team in the West. They they just might not be the second best team in the West. That 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 might. You know, while everybody else made them the flavor of the month, I guess what I'm saying is they might just be the second, be- third best team in the West instead of the second best team. Is that probably fair? All right, let's look at the Jazz offense. I, I think with all this conversation the last few days and all the, I think there's a really good, like, let's just step back, dig deep, and look at what the offense is. So what do the Jazz fundamentally have personnel-wise? They do not have a... um. A, any great isolation players, okay? So if you look at the top 100 isolation players in the NBA, um, obviously James Harden has used 1,100, and the next closest isolation player is like 600. But the top 100 isolation players are guys that have used, you know, 75 or more isolation possessions. And if you... Donovan Mitchell comes in at, I believe, unless it's changed, somewhere around 80, 75th of the top 100 isolation players. Trey Lyles, Jamal Murray, actually of Denver, two of the lowest. That's why they have to play off Jokic. Um, interesting, by the way, I think this, I, I find this list a little interesting. Jason Tatum is the fifth to worst. Jalen Brown is the third to worst. So the worst, the the ten worst isolation players in the league are Clay Thompson, Lori Markin, and Joel Embiid, Reggie Jackson, Andrew Wiggins, Jason Tatum, Tyreek Evans, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, Trey Lyles. Like I, I think it's the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown thing. I think is really interesting because even again in my conversation with Trevor Booker for tomorrow, he talks about how if they're on another team and had more isolation, they'd be better off. Not sure that's entirely true. I'm not sure any of these young guys, the Lakers and Celtics, are as good as we think. Now, isolation numbers are weird because Evan Turner's the best in the league. Um, Derrick Rose is third. James Harden is fourth. Steph Curry's fifth. With Kyrie Irving, then Bradley Beal, DeMar DeRozan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tobias Harris, and Kemba Walker. Kind of what you'd expect, and then LeBron. So there's some funky names in there. Shea Gilgis Alexander's actually really good, too, for whatever weird reason. But So the Jazz don't have that, right? That's my point. Is So we don't really have an isolation guy. We are... From a shooting standpoint, we're 19th in the league in three-point shooting. But without an isolation guy and without great vertical spacing, our QSQ, which is quantified shot quality, quality of shots our guys get, is number one in the entire NBA. So that's an incredible thing that I just told you. So we don't have isolation breakdown players where the defense has to collapse. We don't have bona fide shooters where the team has to go out and spread to those guys and guard them and, and stay with them. And yet, Quinn Snyder, with this personnel, has diagrammed and built an offense that is the number one quantified shot quality in the league. Now, how do they do it? Largely, is they have what they have one of the best of is the best screener and the best rim attack vertical spacing in the NBA in Rudy Gobert. And so the offense is largely predicated on the ability to make the defense go to the rim. They do it, though, what's interesting, by actions and getting an advantage. So picks per 100 possessions, the Jazz are third in the NBA 
The Clippers are second, by the way. So you have the second and third most amount of picks set in the NBA. This is one of the highest pick level games. The only team that's higher is Charlotte. So the Jazz set 88 picks a game. Clippers set 90. And then handoffs, the Jazz are the third highest team in the league. Clippers are eighth. Charlotte's 15th. So the combination of the two of, check that, we're number one in handoffs. My bad. I had it sorted wrong. The combination of the two, we run 35 handoffs a game. And we run the third most amount of picks a game, which, as I said a moment ago, is 88. Between the two of those, the Utah Jazz run 123 picks or handoffs a night. That's what we do. Out of that, we run the most, because we run the most picks and handoffs, we lead the league in drives. We drive 55 times a game. The next closest, Charlotte, 52, Brooklyn, 52, Atlanta, 51. The Jazz, without an isolation player, without bona fide great shooters, are able to run an offense through 123 picks and handoffs a game, which create the most drives of anyone in the league, which is, at that point, trying to collapse the defense to try to get the ball moving. And out of, we throw the ninth, eighth most amount of passes in the league, 319, the same as the Warriors. Only Memphis, Detroit, Indiana, Philadelphia, Denver, and Dallas are higher. We used to be number one. We're down a little bit. We're playing a little faster. Does that, so through that, those picks, through those handoffs, through those drives, through moving the ball, we have created an offense, or Quinn has created, I have had nothing to do with it, that has the best shot quality of any team in the league. That's what we do. It also leads us, by the way, to being 25th in the league in turnovers, which is really somewhat irrelevant because the difference between 25th and 5th is about one and a half turnovers a game. And live ball turnovers, which we're not great at, we allow 27th in the league in live ball. The difference is about one live ball turnover a game. So that one turnover you're giving up more than maybe you'd like to is on a team without an isolation player, without bona fide shooters, through handoffs, through through picks, through ball handling, through passing, through driving into traffic, into dangerous areas, is creating the number one QSQ in the league. What that is is a second spectrum number that measures the likelihood of any shot going in if the average player in the league were to take it. They also have QSM, which then gets into who took the shot. The Jazz, as a team, are shooting one percentage point. If if every player on the Jazz shot average, 
our effective field goal percentage as a team would be a percentage point higher. We're one percentage point below average. Well, when you have Rubio and Jay shooting a lot of your shots and faves some of your threes, it's not surprising. For our quantified shot making, we're actually even. And that equates to kind of who our players are. By definition, that should be somewhat similar to that. That's um, that's who we are offensively. I think that's a good reminder a little bit because um, if you let me let me say this, our yeah, we're one percentage point below where we were. So we're number one in shot quality, and yet if you look at our we should be fourth in the league in shots. So what? how is it that we're doing that? Well, we went through. Here's the part two of this equation is the kind of shots we're getting. Let me dig into that when we continue. Today's show is brought to you by The Store at 6200 South and 20th East, and I need to tell a story. So Jeff goes into uh, the owner of the store, goes into Leatherby's Ice Cream. And Jeff's favorite thing is to find local companies, local products, and put them in the store. So your local grocery store is 600 South, 20th East. Give you the feel. I've told you the tortilla chip story where he's at a wedding. The tortilla chips are the best ever. He finds the woman who made them. She now makes tortilla chips. You have June pies from Heber he finds out about. She now puts those in the store. There's a cotton candy. Can- so he goes to Leatherby's Ice Cream. He's like, we don't know. We don't. He's like, Utah company, through and through. And the guy says back to him, oh, I know about you. I listen to Locked on Jazz. So Jeff calls me. We have a big laugh about it. And I said, we should get them to make mudslide cookie ice cream. And it's happening. I've called amazing games. I've been in a league. I've covered NBA finals. I've done all sorts of cool stuff. I have now contributed to an ice cream. I am officially a Utahan, right? Like, I mean, through and through, if I'm creating ice cream in Utah, like, I am through and through now, fully, after 25 years, finally a local. <laughs> and it's cool. We have vanilla and caramel mudslide cookie ice cream. And we have Mocha Mudslide Cookie Ice Cream, which was, of course, my creation. They will be available exclusively at the store very soon. I'm going to go taste um, test some this afternoon, I think. Uh, we've made some twists. The Vanilla Caramel was the taste test big win in the lock house. So I am just so excited I've made it. It's what I want in life. I wanted to be part of making an ice cream. So I'll give you more details to go and buy. But stop by the store, 6200 South, 20th East. And check out what they have going on. Get that local feel. See the high school kids taking the, the, the some of the patrons out to their car and helping with their groceries. It makes you feel like you're in a wonderful community. And that's what the store has created. Speaking of a wonderful community, Murdoch Chevrolet has been in Utah for over 90 years. That is embedded big time in the community. And Murdoch Chevy's got great things going on uh, right now. Super deals on all sorts of uh, different trucks. I have driven... The Silverado, which was an eye-opening experience because I'd never had a truck before. And, you know, I always think of truck drivers as like this. Truck drivers, right? Well, I found out the truth. The truth is that truck drivers um, are actually living a life of luxury if they're driving a Silverado. 
because that is the coolest thing I have ever driven. It was just a like sitting in a lazy boy chair and loving it. The Chevy Colorado I had later, and if I were to buy a truck, I'd probably do that. It's a little smaller, a little more manageable. Um, I also took the mirror of the Silverado and hit it against a car wash, so I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, bothered by that. So maybe that's why. And the 2019 Colorado is available for 3.95 a month with 1,200 down. The 2019 Chevy Equinox, which I drove as well as the regular SUV, really nice, great power, smooth, quiet. I had a tendency to drive a little too fast. Uh, Two eighty nine a month with nine ninety five down. Six thousand off that Equinox as well. Uh, if you finance with GM Financial, 0% APR on all 2018 models right now. So new year, new ride, great things going on at Murdoch Chevrolet. Stop by in Woods Cross, also out in Logan. All right, so that's our jazz offense. But so how do we do it? Well, what Quinn Snyder's created is a, a offense that without this incredible personnel is number one in the league in dunks takes the sixth most amount of shots in the restricted area. It takes the most, the second most amount of corner threes in the league. Takes the sixth most amount of threes. I mean, it's really incredible. So if you, if, if you haven't followed all of this stuff before with us, then let me walk through it for you for a moment. Shots in the restricted area are... Um, Time, sorry, uh, are worth, I should be able to do it off the top of my head. It used to be point one three. I want to make sure it's still true. Um, sixty Teams are shooting 63% in the restricted area. So shots at the restricted area are 1.3 points per shot. That's the number one place you want to shoot. We take the sixth most amount of shots in the restricted area. The second place you want to shoot, 1.3 is the rim, is the corner three, 1.2. We take the second most amount of shots from the corner. The third place you want to shoot is the above the break three, which is one now 1.0 points. Teams have cracked down on that a little bit. We take the sixth most amount of threes in the league. And we take only 10.5% of our shots in the mid-range. And overall smart shots... We're the fourth best team in the league at 75%. And we do it with, with all of the things we've talked about. Drives, handoffs, picks. And we, in turn, are vulnerable to turnovers. What's incredible is we do all of this without, other than Donovan, anyone that you're really that fearful of. And as we talked about, Donovan's not that great on isolation stuff yet. And so, I mean, it makes you wonder a little bit if we ever gave Quinn the whole offensive package, what could he do? But that's how we have an offense that right now is 18th in the league trending better. Trending to the eighth best uh, last 10 games have been the eighth best offense in the league. I, I don't know. I find it fascinating to kind of dig in to how we're doing it and what's taking place and how we've created it. I want to point out one other thing while we're on this, and then we'll dig into the Clippers a little bit. 
It's just how analytically great this team is. And it really, when you're not, you know, we're, we don't have Russell Westbrook. We don't have Paul George. I, I still think you need to be analytically great when you were those teams too. But we don't have, like, right? Like, we have Rudy, who is far better than anyone realizes. The same way Jokic is probably far better than anyone realizes in Denver right now trying to figure out why they're so good. So we just talked about offensively what we're doing that's so great. What about defensively? It's pretty amazing. We're the fifth best team in the league at defending the rim while allowing the fourth fewest shots at the rim. We are 27th in the league at defending the above the break three. That is just basically being unfortunate, but it's also, frankly, only 1.3 points off playing, being league average, and as we play less good teams as the season goes on, those shots are going to go down. We'll come down to that number. That's just the reality. We allow the third fewest threes in the league and the sixth fewest corner threes in the league. We are the number one team in the league at forcing you to take non-smart shots. If you shoot a non-restricted area two, your point per shot is 0.8 points. Restricted area, 1.3. Corner three, 1.2. Above the break three, 1.0. And we force, we are the number one team in the NBA at 63% of, or the other way to phrase it, 37% of all shots are mid-range shots. It's 5.5% it's percent points better than the league average. Brooklyn's number two. Detroit's number three. Milwaukee's number four. And we're at 63% best in the NBA. It's really incredible how analytically sharp this team is. I mean, I don't, I think unless Brooklyn has, Kenny Atkinson is really good too. Where the, the Brooklyn Nets are the fifth best smart team in the league offensively and the second best defensively. We're the fourth best offensively and the number one defensively. So we're the analytically smartest team in the league. What I think is also relevant to Brooklyn and Philadelphia and some of these teams who've, who've risen up, if you're good analytically at, a, at the beginning stages, then when you become get better talent, you become even better. That's why Brooklyn's going to make the playoffs this year. It's why I'm not surprised. That's why I had them as a playoff team. Philadelphia followed this model. You know, frankly, my guy Igor has not been able to follow this model. A little disappointing. He's 19th in the league in smart shots offensively. And defensively, 23rd in the league with smart shots. I would have hoped that that's what he did in Phoenix, was at least get them to play the game analytically correct. Let's look at tonight's matchup against the L.A. Clippers as we continue. Locked on NBA today on this Wednesday is always a fun show with John Corrales and Jake Madison. So when we're done, make sure you go to Locked on NBA. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. 
multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. The Clippers are not bad, by the way. Uh, the Clippers are the 11th best offensive team and the, the 19th best defensive team in the league. As we talked about, the, they're second in the league in picks. They, uh, their offense does not get them nearly as good a shots as the Jazz. They're 25th in QSQ because they're 30th in the league in three-point attempts. Um, so they're, they're willing, they're high-percentage shooting team from three, but they don't take a lot of threes. They, Tobias Harris moved on in a trade, and the question is, are they still trying to make the playoffs? Are they willing to lose their first-round draft pick? Every indication is that Doc Rivers' team is still playing hard. And there's a remember, there's a separation now between the front office with Doc and the as Doc is no longer the general manager, so he's probably not as, you know, concerned about this. They've had Zubak, Green, Temple, Shamit now all for six games. Uh, in those six games, not a great sample size, but that's kind of the team because they don't have Tobias anymore, so you kind of have to look at them a little bit differently. Uh, in those six games, their offense is 13th in the NBA their defense is 11th. That's pretty good. Their differential in that is 11th as well. So this is not a a rollover at all. Lou Williams is cooking. 
Last 10 games, back up 25 points a game, 45% from the field, 43% from three. Danilo Gallinari is at 18 points a game, 46% from the field, and 39% from three. The story of the night will be their ability to go to the line. We're one of the better teams, 10th in the league, at not allowing you to go to the free throw line, and we've been good at it recently. They're number one at going to the line, league, going to the line. We're the third best team in the league at going to the line. They're 27th in the league and not fouling. Turnovers might play a little bit also. They're 28th in the league at forcing turnovers, so this should be a low turnover game, getting us better shots, getting us those shots, though they usually stay into their shell a little bit. Um, they are... We are the number one team in the league at keeping you out of transition. They're pretty good in transition. They are the sixth best half-court offense in the NBA, though, for the season. It's a little bit because of how good Tobias Harris is on some of those drives. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you grabbing the show, and I'll give you more updates on the Leatherbees Lock Store Mudslide Cookie Ice Cream as it becomes available. Have a great one. Talk to you at the game. Follow me on Instagram at DLock09. I'm doing daily updates, trying to give you more content there. Little short bits to update you on everything that's taking place with the team. Have a good one. See you. Bye. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.